When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm your host, Lizzie Mathis, and you're listening to the Cool Mom Code Podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. This week, we're switching things up a bit and bringing in a special guest who isn't a mom. Yes, you heard that right. We have none other than Danielle Robay, an amazing entertainment journalist and host of the Pretty Smart Podcast. We switched it up for all the ladies out there who want to be cool mamas one day. We dove straight into all of her expectations and fears of motherhood, as well as her experience going through the process of freezing her eggs. And of course, Danielle had all the questions for me too. Stay tuned for it all, fam. This is a good one. Yo, I am so pumped (laughs) on this one. Yo, I have... Danielle Robay in the house on the Cool Mom Code podcast. And I know everybody who knows you and everybody who's probably watching this who does know you is looking a little sideways right now because this is a little bit of a departure. Is it because I'm not cool or a mom? Well, the cool <laughs> part you got down pat. Thank that you. you're in the bag. Just just brush Thank off the shoulders for that one. Thank you. However, the mom part, not quite yet. And mm-hmm. so this is interesting for the Cool Mom Code podcast. You are my first non-mom guest on the podcast ever for real why wouldn't you be of course you are wow i'm really grateful of course you are i'm a hopeful mom (laughs) i want to be a mom one day a mom want to be yeah you're a mom want to be a mom to be a mom well not a mom to be a mom want to be i hope a mom to be (laughs) like in not not too far away but i have so many questions for you i know about motherhood we're gonna get into it so danielle and i met randomly but I've listened to your podcast, mm-hmm. obviously. You Thank are you. so amazing at what you do. You truly are. You Thank are you so listen. talented beyond. And it always sounds like on the podcast that you're a cool person. Like, you know, like Thank you just you. have a cool, easy vibe about you. You know, and nothing feels like super that. pressed. But you're like easy, right? It's like nice. Like you feel like you can have a conversation with anybody. I mean, I think it's the Midwest in us. It's the Midwest. So when I met you in person, I was like, let me talk to this girl real quick. <laughs> Let me, let me really see if this girl really is cool. You know what That's I'm always she how it across. goes, right? And honestly, we hit it off. Yeah, we and did. And I was like, I don't know what the vibe is, but, you know, this is, like, really cool and easy. Come to find out, Danielle's a Midwest girl. I'm also a Midwest girl. I lived in Chicago for, for school, but I'm originally from Detroit. You're from Chicago. Yeah. And so there's that commonality. And I think that with Midwesterners, I don't know what it is, but I just think we see each other in a different way. I think so, too. I think there's also this element. I know you lived in New York for mm-hmm. a little bit. I did. But there's this for a element. Long bit. <laughs> a long bit. Yeah. How long? I was there for like 10 years almost. Yeah, that is a long bit. Yeah. Um, I think when you move from where you grew up, mm-hmm. 
there's a version of like, I see you too. Cause there's like a lot yeah. of struggle and sort of blood, sweat and tears, regardless of why you move. That's right. Um, so I think there's an element of that too. I think also being from a place like the Midwest, Detroit, Chicago, yeah. we are from blue collar working towns. So we're used to getting in with our hands. We're used to our parents getting down and dirty. Yes. We're used to our value system being extremely foundational. Like we're used to all these things. And so when we come to, I want to say, bigger cities like New York and L.A. And it's all this glitz and glamour and all these lights. And, you know, you're constantly interacting with famous people and all this stuff. It's just a little different. It just feels oh, yeah. very different than what we're used to. So when we see someone, we're like, you get me, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get you me, can right? totally spot somebody who's like willing to put their own podcast set together, right? right. Like if if somebody like Nora was sick yeah. for the day, yes. you're like, don't worry, I'll set it I up. I got it. Yeah. I and not it. everybody can do yeah, that. That's true. That's very yeah, true. To, I see to that. be able to rely on yourself yeah. and not others. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right. So this the goal of this podcast today is that I want to just have a conversation with you. When we okay. talked and when we met, we immediately started talking about how there were so many things in motherhood that you're looking forward to. Yeah. And there's also, you know, you're freezing your eggs or you froze your eggs, and that was a whole process. Well, I have some fears also that I want to ask And there's some fears, about. right? So I thought it'd be really cool for yeah. all of our guests out there to have a conversation about, like, you know, what does it look like pre-motherhood? And what is that, what are some of those kind of thoughts that you go through that I've probably literally have suppressed so much now because yeah. <laughs> three kids in there's like that's so far away from like my reality now well how old were you when you had your first kid I was 29 I okay. think when I got pregnant with my oldest but I miscarried first so I miscarried first and so that would well maybe that would have been around 28 29 I miscarried and then um, that was devastating yeah. and crazy. And I remember calling my grandma. She was like, don't worry, girl. You come from good stock and strong stock. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my husband. I was like, I guess we come from strong stock. I don't Wait, know. where's your grandmother from? She was fr she's from the South, Fort uh, Virginia, okay. Fort Worth, Virginia. And so she said that. And I remember just believing her. I can hear her saying Believing yeah. her. And then... Um, Listen, so we miscarried. That was devastating. And then not too long after, I remember talking to my doctor and I'm like, well, when am I going to be able to try again? He was like, well, you have to build your uterus back up and it has to become a healthy uterus again wow. before you can try to have another healthy baby. And so it's like a six month to a year process. I Whoa. think it takes for that long for your uterus to that. get healthy again. And so I was like, OK, well, what do I have to do? And I think that triggered me into this whole space of like, all right, I got to get super healthy. Yeah. Like, not that I wasn't before, but now I'm like, okay, what vitamin am I? Like, I got to be on this and I'm going to eat green. And I'm going to eat the, like, so all that stuff. Yeah. So when I did finally get pregnant again, it was like probably eight months to a year later. So like you were wanting to get pregnant. You guys were trying. This is interesting too. Yes. We made the decision to try and get pregnant. However, it was my husband who was like, so much more on board for it than I was. I was terrified. Why? I could have pushed it off for another five, six years. And Easy. And you were just like, okay, let's do it. We made a pact in the beginning of our marriage. We said, we're never going to put career before our family. And Wait, whoa. Yeah, that's a big one. 
because why did you guys make that pact we knew that we wanted to be younger parents like we knew we wanted to have a family our a family was our always our goal so there was no like limiting belief or fear and i'm asking for a friend um, yeah <laughs> exactly for that, many like, friends right <laughs> but like there was no fear that like if you made that pact that it would impede on your career or like your future because you, you know have that big career you know that goals. idea of young and dumb yeah you know when you make packs you're like yeah yeah easy busy and then you get into it and you're like damn why did we make that pack again I think it was a little bit of that it was a little bit of when we met we fell hard in love very fast like very fast like it's it went from thing. like it was just it was wild right but then we dated for a good four years before we actually got married. Wow. And I think we wanted to just have all of our shit in order. So any school loans, we wanted to be debt-free coming into a marriage. We wanted to, like, any any anything. We yeah. just wanted to be free and clear coming into the situation. So I think one of the packs that we made was, like, yo, if we come into this, then not only are we going to be, like, debt-free, I don't want your shit, you don't want my shit, then we're also going to say, all right, well, we have to at least put family first because one of our biggest goals is to create a family. He comes from like a family of like four immediate kids and then he has, you wow. know, half siblings. I come from a family of like three kids. So we knew we wanted that, but we knew also the industry. He's a model. I was at the time I was modeling and acting. Mm -hmm. And we knew that it could halt you. Like, you could pause on it real quick. We just Wait, chose not to. I have to. so many questions because, like, weren't you scared? Like, how does an Terrified. actor and a model afford a big family? Terrified. Right? Like, Terrified. you guys, neither of you had, like, made it yet. No. Terrified. <laughs> we, luckily in New York, we look, luckily, luckily, when by the time we got married, we had put in the groundwork okay. in terms of, in terms of like being like working models, like so we baseline, had, we had we were we were doing very well in terms of like catalog modeling and like you know all that stuff. So we had our clients. Okay. It wasn't until I actually got pregnant and I was like sneaking around still modeling right and not telling anybody I was pregnant and my skin went fucking crazy. My skin went haywire and I was just like. Oh my God, I'm never gonna work again. Oh it was like I had so many like little cystic bumps and acne and this and that. And clients started to drop me. They were like, we can't work with her. Like her skin is crazy. Like we can't work with her. So that's when what I got a little to terrified. I was like, we didn't have it back then, girl. Girl, we talking, we talking time. <laughs> we talking time. Like we didn't have it. So it was yeah. like, so I got that's when I got really nervous. And I was like, oh my God, what if my skin just is always crazy and I never work again? So that's like a that's moment scary, that actually I got really sure. scared. Yeah. But I think it's also just blind hope. You go into it with this blind hope of like It'll be all right, right? God got me. God got me, right? God got me. But you're young. I was young. I was like, I didn't know any better. You probably also felt like your, what's your husband's name? Issa. So you probably feel like Issa has me too. Like, yeah. I feel like maybe my reservations come from the fact that I haven't met that person yet. Okay, so let's talk about this. Okay, okay. so. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me nervous. <laughs> okay. This is so good though. Okay, so where are you in the whole, obviously you want to be a mom. I love the fact that you are this Chicago girl at heart. Now you live in this big city. You yeah. are so successful. You are doing so oh, many no. things. You are you are not only grinding, but you're living your dream, right? Thanks. Um, and so you haven't met the one yet. No. <laughs> Wait, can I get a close up? No. 
I haven't even been looking, to be honest. So, okay, so what's your reservation there? Well, okay, so I moved here from Chicago in 2013. Mm -hmm. And I moved into a garage, like the quintessential LA story. Mm -hmm. I had $8,000 in my bank account. And all I wanted to do was work at E! News. Yeah. Like, I was like, I want. I really wanted to be like the millennial Barbara Walters. But when we were growing up, it was like Juliana Rancic yes. and Kat Sadler. Yes. And like, I just wanted to be at E! Shout out to Kat. Shout out to best. Kat. I know, you guys are yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I move into this garage and I start doing red carpets. Mm-hmm. And no one's responding to me. And I put a new reel together, which is basically like a digital resume. And no one's resp- no one's replying to my emails because I had not one con- I not I didn't have one friend or one contact here. <laughs> and I started sending people uh, bamboo plants and cookies with little notes saying like, "Hey, my name's Danielle. I want to be a TV host. Um, wow. You guys do great content. If anybody, if you need anyone last minute, let me know." And by people, who are you sending these to? I, like I would I would search the internet like for random contacts, executives. I didn't even know who I was really sending them to because I didn't know like what people's titles meant. Right. Like now we know, okay, alternative programming is like reality space, right? right. But I didn't know that at the time. So I was just sending things to people I found online and like hoping that one out of 10 would email me back. Uh And some of them really did. And they were like, hi, Danielle. Thanks (laughs) for the cookies. Uh, We don't have anything, but... Uh, you know, we'll keep you in mind. And I would follow up every few months. Mm-hmm. And then one day, one of those outlets called me and they were like, our host is sick. Can you be at the Paley Center in two hours? No. And I was like, yes. So I got ready and I went to the red carpet and I looked down the red carpet line and like everybody I'd ever admired was there. No. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't really look like them. I'm not dressed like them. Like, you know, like you probably had style and stuff like I think it takes a minute though. I know exactly what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean. I remember first coming to New York and I became really quick friends with my hairstylist and he was like, "Girl, we got to do something with these J Crew clothes." <laughs> remember that and I remember thinking oh my god what I can't wear a J Crew tank top and jeans to to a to a fitting like J Crew is nice J Crew is great right and he was like honey honey and so I I do know know that feeling you like need a vibe you need a vibe and I didn't know that because I always thought I just needed great questions yes (laughs) yes you do need you You it's more than that that's right uh I'm still learning that so uh I did the red carpet and Simon Cowell gave me an exclusive and they hired me Wow. I owe a lot to him. I haven't seen him since. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, from there. The like next I, meeting with Simon Cowell right I know, there. right? Yes. Uh, he's actually, like, super nice and charismatic. Like his, I feel like he played, like, a character on TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, but sure. um, from there, I started working. And mm-hmm. so, like, I worked at Entertainment Tonight Online and Extra. And um, I did a morning show in Chicago. And eventually, I got to work at E!, which was, like, my dream from years ago. But um, I think that I have been like one track mind Mm -hmm. and to launch your own pro like podcast to have a product like I don't need to tell you it's it's a lot it's It's a lot lot. how did the podcast come about since we're talking about you we might as well (laughs) (laughs) well I uh I'd always wanted to have like my own show so to speak right Mm -hmm, like when you're mm -hmm. a tv host that's the goal right and uh I had quit a job actually that I thought was going to be a dream and I was kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. I was like 25, I think. And a friend of mine who saw me just really bummed out 
was like, I have a surprise for you. And the next morning he brought me to Nate Nell's, which is a deli in Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. And he was like, we have breakfast with Larry. And I go, who's Larry? And he goes, Larry King. And I was like, because <gasps> I'm like a student. I have watched hundreds of hours yes. of Larry King and Robin Roberts and Barbara Walters yes. and all the people that I thought, you know, were the best at That's what they right. did. Yes. And I sat down for breakfast with Larry mm-hmm. and I didn't get to ask him one question because he asked me so many. He was no so way. curious. And at the end of breakfast, I was like, Larry, I didn't get to ask you anything. Can I come back tomorrow? And he was like, don't you have a job? <laughs> I was like, actually, no. And he goes, well, then you're invited anytime. So wow. I started having breakfast with him and he became my mentor. And he kept saying, you need your own show. You need your own show. And I was like, Larry, P- CNN's not like handing out shows like they did back in the day. Right. And then when the pandemic hit, I kind of heard his voice. Mm. And I was like, this is the time. Mm -hmm. So I built it and um, it's called Pretty Smart because Mm -hmm. I interview women who put a new spin on pretty. They're pretty bold, pretty witty, pretty strong, pretty smart. Mm -hmm. Um, You're coming on the podcast soon. I am. I can't wait. But the thing that I think is so fascinating is that, especially hearing your story, you are now interviewing, though, the most famous, incredible, smart, you know what I mean, accomplished women but like, you want to know who the most efficient hard-working and talented women are who working moms really by far I had somebody say to me uh, she's like a really big agent at CAA mm-hmm. and she said if you want something done give it to a working mom I believe it that's the truth from yeah. her mouth to God's ears I'm telling you spoken like the gospel because you know why though do you know why that is no please tell me I truly believe in my heart of hearts that you never know the power of multitasking, patience, drive, and grit until you become a mother. It tests a different part of you than I think any woman would ever, ever realize. And it's something that I wish, it's almost the feeling of it, I wish I could give to all young women Mm -hmm. in their prime, right? Even before they become mothers, because they will, like, it's a drive unlike any other. It truly is. So maybe what you're saying to me is that my fear is actually the opposite in reality, right? Like my fear is like, if I have kids right now, I'm going to stunt my career. But you're saying if I have kids, maybe it'll fast forward. I'm saying take away the specifics of career. Mm -hmm. I'm saying Danielle as a woman, Danielle as a human being, Danielle as a person on this earth will explode more than she ever realized in personal career, Mm -hmm. within yourself, self-love, everything. As a person, you will explode so much more in a way that you never saw coming as a mother. That's what I'm saying. It's not just about career anymore. That's what I, that's what oh, it is. Oh, interesting. See, you're one track minor career, which you should be, because listen, you have a drive, you have ambition, you have a goal, and so this should be your focus. Career should be a lot of what you're doing, and you're young. But there's more to. I'm not you're young. that young. You're young. I'm turning 33 in like a few days. You're young. You're you young. Think? You're young. I mean, in the whole grand scheme of things. But fertility wise. Okay, so let's get into that. So fertility-wise, when did you know that you wanted to freeze your eggs? So I was turning 30, and I go to my OBGYN every year. Mm -hmm. And I actually, this is like a lot of information, but um, (laughs) it feels like an open space here. So um, 
I was dating somebody and I had an abortion. Mm -hmm. And so I found a new OBGYN um, because of that process. Okay, I see. Okay. Um, Because my old OBGYN like didn't do them. Okay. So I find somebody through UCLA Mm -hmm. and he did the procedure Mm -hmm. and I really liked him. Was that scary for you though? Even just that process in itself? No, actually, I felt really grateful for the medical care and Mm. it wasn't... It didn't hurt, Good. like, physically. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of like a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse my language. It is. Like, you kind of, you really think about mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I wasn't with, like, I wasn't married. I wanted to be married. And right. it just you wasn't the, the right, right time. Part, right. Yeah. Situation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, continue. Um, but I found this doctor that I loved. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to him for my, like, annual checkup, he was like, have you ever considered freezing your eggs? And I was like, not really. And he was like, well, let's check your AMH levels. I think it's AMH, AHM levels, which is basically like your uh, hormone fertility. Okay. And uh, it's part of a blood test. Every woman should do it. Right. Uh, and they came back and like, I was good. Okay. So was, that's the easy part. The yes. blood test, just take blood. That's it. They can check it. Not a big deal. Yes. Okay, go ahead. And it's part, like, they're doing a blood test anyway. Right. So it's, like, great So to... it becomes part of your labs. Exactly. Correct. Okay, go ahead. Um, and he, he came back, and he called me, and he was like, listen, your, fert- your hormones are great right now, but fertility is kind of a weird thing. Like, one day you're good, and the next day it falls off a cliff. And I know that you told me that you want to be a mom for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you should really think about this. Did he say it was a certain age or anything like that, that normally it does fall off a cliff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this is like such a touchy thing to say, right? Because everybody is different mm-hmm. and there are outliers. Like you hear women of all ages having babies now. You do, you do. Um, but the average age that they tell you is really 35. Oh, wow, okay. And they tell you that like, even if you're going into egg retrieval, like freezing your eggs, mm-hmm. um, the outcomes are usually better before 35. And then also when you end up using the eggs and you're dethawing them, mm-hmm. they uh, like the rate of uh, unfreezing is higher if you're under 35 when you froze them. Ah, okay. So 35 before under 30, 35 and under is the magical age pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that said, like they'll tell you if you want to be a mom, it's better to have any eggs, right? right? So if you're 39, 42, and you can still retrieve eggs and you're mm-hmm. interested in doing that, go for it. And this is all for first-time moms. This wouldn't necessarily be for moms who have already had kids before and want to freeze later. No, it's for anybody. Oh, really? Because egg freezing is the first part of IVF. So, right. like, IVF is you're freezing the egg and the sperm, right. and it's an embryo. Of course, yeah. Um, and so the older you get, the harder it is to get pregnant usually. So mm-hmm. even if you have three kids and you're looking to get pregnant again, if it's not happening naturally, you would freeze your egg and then have your husband freeze their sperm and do the embryo and then the wow. in vitro. Now, is there a certain time period you have to use the eggs? Because do the eggs Great deteriorate question. after a certain period of time? I was so nervous about that. Uh, that's such a good question. They don't. Okay. Uh, you can use them at any time. And then there's all these weird questions that they ask you if you don't end up ever using them. Oh. Like, what happens to your eggs? Do you want to donate them to science? Do you want to donate them to a couple who can't have kids? Really? My mom is so funny. She was like, you should donate them to a couple. Like, it's so awful if you can't get pregnant. And I was like, 
this is maybe not the time to be like so philanthropic. (laughs) She has such a big heart. Wait a minute. Let's talk about that for a second because I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. Like, you know how men go in and give sperm? Yes. Like, oh, they just give sperm. Oh, I'm going to just go give my sperm today. Like, it used to be a whole big thing. Actually, I watched a whole documentary on a doctor who literally gave so many sperm, and he has like a thousand (laughs) kids out there. Have you seen that one? Well, it's kind of like, is it a... Is it like a mitzvah or is it like you're crazy? I don't know. But for eggs, I don't know why it feels different. I don't know. I just, I don't think I, hmm, that's a hard one because you want people who are, who want to be mothers and fathers and like a family and and all that, who want to be a unit or whatever to have that chance. But I don't know if I could donate my egg. So I actually decided not to. Um, I was like, I think that there's, statistically tons of children that need parents right and so like if you want a family great angle Danielle no great I angle. was like <laughs> way to spin that one That's I just good. am not th- I'm not there I don't know yeah I don't know because I mean think about it that that would like that's that's part of your seat like that's part of you walking or I don't know couldn't do it and me neither that's a hard one yeah hard but one. I I people that can I mean god bless them I mean no I mean it's great but it's also like surrogacy right yes. I think surrogates are amazing human beings if you are able to carry a child for nine months mm-hmm. in your body for someone else to give them that gift of like parenthood or you know having that baby but I don't know if I could do it because I know what those nine months for me would like. And, you know, each each time, like, I don't know if I could lend my body in that way. That's also an act of service. It for sh- I mean, it may be the greatest. The greatest right? act of service. Would you consider having a fourth child at this point? No. Now, if you were talking to my husband, he would have very different views on this. And for a long time, we wanted four kids. Like, oh, wow. we we both were like, yeah, four, two, two. Like, if we get two girls, two boys, that'd be awesome. Now, for me, I'm like, my entire 30s were kids, for the most part. Having them, breastfeeding them, raising them, being with them hands-on, super involved, all the things. I feel like now I don't know how I would put myself on the back burner again like that. Okay, so I need you to be super honest with me mm-hmm, because be. you seem like you have a really supportive partner. Uh-huh, I do, very much so. So with that, which is best case scenario, mm-hmm. are you still the primary parent? Yes. Now, <sighs> yes, so and, but yes and no. Yes and no, I will say. So let me rephrase that. Yes, because I grew up in a household of a single mom, and so mother was everything, mm-hmm. right? Like, your mom was your all the things. Like, she was your nurturer. She was also your disciplinarian. She was your provider. Mm-hmm. She was blah, blah, blah. So I take on the role of a lot of things as well because that is how I was raised. But Issa is extremely more than I could ever imagine super duper hands-on we are 50 50 we just take on different things Mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean to honestly answer your question no we are in a 50 50 household in terms of like responsibility but from my internal perspective who i am like my me as a mother i'm like no it's all me because you know what i'm saying like you you like the kids come to you for love and nurturing and homework and 
um, you know, to, to, they have this thing that they need a red shirt and red socks tomorrow. That's you. (laughs) It's, you know, but does he does, does he do drop off every single morning and would not change it for the world? Absolutely. Because he feels like he wants to talk to his kids and he wants to spend time with his kids. And so he's very hands-on and he thinks about things that I don't think about in terms of like, you know, the kids need this to further their this. And I'm like, what do they need right now? So we take on different roles you know what I mean do you feel like you take on the mental load though because like okay I'm asking because I think you make motherhood look really good Mm. I have friends who I feel like um, I go to their houses and they have kids and I'm like I could do this like you make it look like I could do this and then I have friends and I go to their houses and I'm like I got to go home to my apartment where I'm alone and like this maybe I don't know (laughs) you know you walk into any house with three children under the age of, let me just put this in perspective, under the age of, I don't know, eight, you're going to feel like you need to go home. It's just, that's just reality. <laughs> my my girlfriends with no like kids walk into my house and they're like, the first thing they'll say is, oh, okay. Like, I'm surprised you have three kids living here. That's one comment that we get. Just because, you know, we try and keep it tidy. There's not kids' toys every single place, like that kind of thing. It's a compliment. I take it as a compliment. Thank you. But then also, once the kids actually come out of their spaces and now they're in communal areas with us, then it becomes a thing. I got one kid reading my best friend, talking about, when you going to get married? You want kids? Like, I mean, she's reading her to the T. I think I she got, needs to read me. Maybe it'll help uh, me get after it. The youngest <laughs> one is on her lap, won't let her, you know, won't let her breathe. The oldest one is talking Aww. to her about all the crushes and all the things at school. I mean, so there's That's a lot sweet. of attention, right, that you're probably not used to receiving when you walk into a household like that yeah so that's 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 overwhelming too the thing that I tell everybody though you don't start off with three I mean unless you get triplets and that's different but you don't start off with three right you start off at one so one is manageable one is a change a shift but it it's it's manageable how about from because I all my friends that have one are fine the ones that have two start to not call me because they're busy. <laughs> the ones that have three, it's like, see you in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's, I have that too. You know what it is? I think one was, um, one was the biggest transition, but two was the easiest. Did you, why? Oh, I was yeah. waiting. I was waiting. Yeah. I paused on that one. I was waiting <laughs> for that. Um, two was the, two was the easiest because they, once they were both older than two years old, they could play together. Okay. So with one, she constantly was looking to us for entertainment. Come play Barbie or come play. Well, we didn't do Barbie. Sorry. So let me not reference that. Come play dolls or come play, you know what I mean? This, or can we do this game or blah, blah, blah. Like she would constantly come to us to play. And we'd be like, uh, we have things to do. Like we have things we got to get done. But three was harder. Three is now you're outnumbered. Three is a little bit of a challenge. Three, there's a lot more like bickering. Three, there's a lot more of like, but he did this and then she did that. They're ganging up on me. And you know, it's like a little bit more chaos. So then it becomes a lot more of like, okay, not only are you outnumbered with hands, but now you got to think through your strategy a little bit more too. You'd be like, okay, I got to be a little sharper on my feet, you know? Mm. So that's the thing with three. And everything just gets larger, <laughs> you know, you're including your heart. I, yeah. No, that's a good uh, one. I didn't think about that. That's great, Danielle. Yeah. Go with that. Go with that. <laughs> so I have a question about support because you got pregnant for the first time relatively young. Yeah. Um, I'm sure not as many of your friends were having kids at that point. We were on our own. 
Okay. So like you were the only one. <laughs> we were on our own. I didn't really even make, not until my daughter turned, my oldest daughter turned probably about four, four, three, four. Did I start even making mom friends? One of my first mom friends was Jessica. Really? Yeah. One of my first mom friends in LA was Jessica. Um, I'd had a couple that I had met here and there. And then one that I'm actually really good friends, a model friend of mine. Um, she had moved to LA. I don't think, was she out here at that time? I think she was out here at that time. But it was still sparse. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, Jess and I started talking or whatever because our kids were going to school together. And I was like, why is she talking to me? Like, why are we doing this? Like, what is happening? I don't understand. Why are we becoming friends? Like, why? I just Because you're dope. Because <laughs> I'm from Detroit and I'm, sus I'm, like, I'm suspicious yeah. of everyone. That's yeah, why. Yeah. And I was suspicious. So I was like, what does she want from me? Like, what, the, what are we doing? And then come to find out, we just spoke she the same language. Friendship. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Ugh, this is weird. People don't make friends like this. This is weird." I hear that people do though with kids. People do with kids. I think kids. Like, that's a gift for kids sure. Are, that's a gift because you'll 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 have you know what it is. People are going through similar experiences um, at the same time as you, yeah. and you're like, "Whoa, I needed that. I needed that." I also became um, super close with my sister-in-law. She had had kids six nice. months prior, her first. And so she was giving me all the tea on like, girl, you need to be taking these vitamins or girl, you need to be doing this or girl, when you're breastfeeding, you got to do this. And did you do this? And did you freeze it in the deep freezer, not just the regular freezer? And do, and I was like, what in the hell? And make sure you get that baby out of the room by six months because you don't want them to be, they're going to they're gonna sleep well. It was just like she was, do, she was saying all this stuff that either I took or I didn't, but yet at least someone was like giving me some information mm -hmm. and she researched the hell a lot of stuff so Zahara shout out to Zahara my sister-in-law she still does the same thing she's still calling me about girl do you have this and all, all that so she has been a really big like mom advocate for me but you that's need those so that's why mom friends become important just also a really quick note if you're loving this content our podcast with all of our amazing guests, we love sharing their stories. It really is such a joy for us. Then you're going to love thecoolmom.co. Make sure to head over there. It is everything that you can think of lifestyle. So we have fashion, food. We have amazing interviews with a lot of other cool moms as well. So check out all of our Cool Mom Co. features. Shop our merch. Do all the things. Check out thecoolmom.co. But did you feel supported by your other friends? Because one of the things I think about a lot is... At this point, a lot of my friends have one, some of them have two kids. Mm -hmm. And I think about how like, we haven't grown apart, right. but there must be a, a version of, the, or a part of their life that they feel like I don't understand. See, it's not the understanding anymore. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's, it's that, it's just funny because yes, this happened with a lot of, or a lot of my relationships. Okay. I was the first one to have kids. Now another good friend of mine has kids, but three more of my very close friends do not have kids. And these are like the people who I would like lay down and yeah. die for. And, um, so you never felt left out in the cold by them. Me? Yeah. No, I was busy. It's them who felt left out in the cold. Oh, interesting. So it's you that's feeling left out in the cold, not them. So like they're there and, and maybe a, a fraction of them are in terms of like they can't go out as much or maybe there's like a shift that changes. And this is why I created the Cool Mom Co, guys, just FYI, because the yeah, shift yeah. happens because you think 
you're still the same person, but you're not. And so where does this intersection come in where you're still a woman? You still want to be cute. You still want to get your heels on. You still want to be fly. But yet now you're a mother and you're trying to figure out how do you mesh those two and still be yourself? It took me it took me about two years to get back mm-hmm. to who I was. After your first. After my first. And then how about when you have two and three? Because again, you're not. Now they just fall into the line. Two and three were much easier for me. The transition had already been made. Because your identity had already. I had already figured. I I had figured out that I was a new woman. Mm -hmm. I was okay with this woman. I was learning who she is. And I was building the gap between who I was before finding, oh yeah, I still can be beautiful and get myself beautified and I still can put on makeup and I can still do my hair and I can still look good. And oh shit, I mean, it's going to take me a minute to get this body back, but I'm going to still get, you know, and all that stuff. But yet I could still do it as a mom. That took some time to figure out. Was there any grief around that? Um, not grief, but there was, mind you, I was never like a hot girl though. You know what I'm saying? I was never. Okay. Me, I'm sorry. Can we not rewind? Like that, not like <laughs> that. Not like that. But I was uh, never like, I was never a girl who like loved going out all the time. Let's put it that way. Okay. Like I never was like, oh girl, I got to make it to that party because if not, I'm going to miss out. I was cool being at home. Like I was straight. Too. Like I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. This feels really nice right here. Let me cozy in. And unless it was work related, yeah. I was okay just kind of chilling. So I don't think I missed that as much. Mm-hmm. I missed um, I missed just having a time to myself. Mm-hmm. Like I missed just alone time to do what the hell I wanted to do, whatever mm-hmm. that was, going to lunch, you know, going to get my nails done, going like what, like, I don't know. I just missed that more than anything else. And that was taken away. But back to the friendships, because I think this is a super important part for anyone who's listening okay. who doesn't have kids and who knows that that's a part that they felt with maybe some of their mom friends and them not being a mom the part of it was I didn't have enough time anymore so my days were now spent either working dealing with not even dealing with but like figuring out things with my spouse Mm -hmm. and now mothering And because of that, there wasn't a lot of downtime anymore without a crying baby or without someone in the background talking to me where I had the time to focus on you, my friends, had the time to focus on all the things you guys wanted to unload. Girl, I can't believe this this dude. Yes. Yes. It's that. I can't believe this dude did this. And girl, can you believe he stood this and he said this? And I was like, oh, my God, I want to talk, but I don't have time. My best friend from high school has two kids. And every time I go on a bad date, she's like, I really want to hear. I just can't right now. (laughs) It's like that. (laughs) And so, you know what I started to do? I started to call my best friend when I was in the car by myself, either either mm. after a drop off or just I found 10 minutes a day or whatever in the car by myself. I love And it'd that. be like 10 minutes. And so I started to call her. And she and I, I remember our relationship changed so much because she got so upset. Really? She was like, 10 minutes isn't enough. And 10 I was minutes like, is 10 all minutes I got. is all I got. And so that was hard because before we were talking five times a day. We talk five times a day. Girl, what you do? Oh, you ate this. Okay, girl, I ate this. Oh, it would just be like five times a day. We just talk all the time. And so when I had kids, that shrunk down to 10 minutes. I love that you called her when you were alone, though, because I will say when I call my friends who have kids and they're like trying to chat, but they're also dealing with their kids at the same time, I'm like, just call me later. Yes. Like, I don't want to hear that. I know. (laughs) I know. It's hard. It's hard. It becomes very difficult. But that's hard on your end. You know what I mean? But now you'll be more... 
because you felt it, oh. you'll be more sympathetic to your friends when it's your turn. Well, I feel a lot of sympathy the other way. Like, I'm like, am I supporting them in the right way? Like, I really want them to feel like their lives haven't changed. They haven't lost friends. They're like, but they still have like, you You know, know the biggest support you could do, though. Tell me. Come over and watch my kids. No one will let me. (laughs) No one. They're all such helicopter moms. (laughs) (laughs) No one will let me. And maybe it's me, but (laughs) no one will let me watch their kids. Sometimes, like, I've had friends that don't let people hold their baby. Well, how old is the baby? A few weeks. Yeah, no, you can't hold my baby after a few weeks. Really? Yes, girl. I'm not letting your German fest three months hold my baby after three weeks. Let me tell you such a funny story. So, my (laughs) brother comes over. My baby is like a week old. He comes over and he like reaches out to him, hold my baby. I said, no, you need to first go wash your hands. I'll get you a sheet and you can put on a mask before you hold my baby. Just because. And I this was, was like, pre-COVID. This was pre-COVID. This COVID didn't even exist. I didn't even know what COVID was. COVID-19 what? No. I was like, I don't. And I don't. I think it was just, you know what it was, though? It was. It was. I had had a miscarriage. This baby was everything. I put a lot of hard work in to get this thing on child. And now it was up to me to keep this child alive. And there was no handbook. Mm-hmm. No one told me, hey, Lizzie, you got to do A, B, and C and the baby will live. There was none of that. So I had to figure it out. And I think for me, I was just so protective in the first like few months of motherhood. That I was just like, no. Mm-mm. I get that. I don't know where you've been. Hold you on. You spent a year <laughs> making off. your uterus healthy. That's it right. was like you were not about to mess it up. That's right. So I get her on that. Yeah. That I get her on. Yeah. You know, you just got to be careful. And then they tell so you, they're like, the baby. Oh, the baby gets sick. If the baby gets pneumonia. If the I baby mean, gets, you know, I don't know. Yeah, all I don't these want that things. responsibility. Girl, I'm coming straight to you. I'm coming well, for you. I'll your watch throat. your kids. <laughs> Lizzie's laughing. She's I don't like, know. No, I'm good. I don't know. I'm going to let the best friends do it first and then we'll jump in. Okay, fine. Okay. okay. So any other questions you have <laughs> for me? This has actually been really enlightening because actually this is a fun podcast for me because oh, as much as I do truly enjoy asking questions and getting yeah. to know people, I think it's so fun sharing this insight with you, you know, on the Cool Mom Code podcast. This is a mom podcast. Well, I love hearing about it because like I really, I don't want to have all this fear. So when you tell me you about it, Do you have any fears kind of- about labor? Do you have any fears about actually getting the baby out? I mean, for sure, but I'm, I don't even let my mind go there. Have you ever watched The Business of Being Born? No. Oh, my goodness. Is that the Ricky Lake dog? Yes, it is. You should go home and watch Remind it. Remind me to tell you my Ricky Lake story. It's epic. Oh, my gosh. I yeah, can't she's wait. She's amazing. Okay, good. I was just <laughs> so telling good. someone earlier today. I was like, when I meet Ricky Lake, yeah. she's not going to be able to walk away because I'm going to have literally so much to say to her. Has that doc impacted you so much? It impacted me unbelievably. I got to watch it. You have to watch it. That's one thing I will say. Any woman out there who is not a mother yet but wants to be a mom, watch the business of being born. I mean, by the title, it sounds like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then holla at me and let me know what you think. Because it changed my whole perspective Mm -hmm. on laboring and becoming a mother. In what way? Like you have to be your own advocate? 
or 1000%. I mean, and that's something even just with maternal health, black maternal health nowadays mm-hmm. that we're hearing more and more, you have to be your own advocate. So she yeah. was saying that from a woman's perspective very early on. And then later I learned that even as a black mother, mm-hmm. my gosh, you have to be your own advocate just because yeah. the death rate is so high. Um, I had for, never really heard women. about the difference in, in um, maternal what do they call it? Health Maternal rate. health rate. Yeah. Um, Mortality until rate. Serena. Yes. And she really made that Girl, more. I heard some, uh, I read something the other day and it was, damn, Nora, what was it? It was something like, it was something so crazy. It was something along lines, I'm going to butcher this right now. Was it 50% more likely? It was something like the wealthiest white woman in California. No, the wealthiest black woman, even in the state of California, mm-hmm. her maternal mortality rate is still, I don't know, something like 70% higher than the Whoa. poorest white woman in and California. Excuse my ignorance, but is that, what is that? Well, it just basically says that it doesn't come down to money, right? Like it's not in terms of money can't buy you better care as a black woman. It it's like doctors are not believing what black women are saying. It's is basically that, it? that doctors are not believing and or not looking out for the signs of mm. um, what it is or not taking a more invested interest in little things that may occur. It could be anything. It could be anything. So that wow. freaked me out. I was like, oh, my God. You mean even as a rich bitch, I still? <laughs> is that even, why you're not having a fourth child? A bitch, I, still, I was like, what in the hell is this? Where's the incentive? I'm like, no. So anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. Any fears you have with any of that? I want to like talk about that with really labor. quickly before we jump to the next part. Yeah. I mean, like, after you have labor, it's... It, all of my friends who have had kids say, like, nobody really told them what was going to happen right. post-labor. Like, the labor, like, we see in the movies, it's obviously not like that. But, like, it's not like that at all. kind of expected a little. But after, they were like, holy shit. Well, <laughs> I mean, not to scare anybody or whatever. But obviously, so I will say this. One thing that helped me a lot before when I was pregnant was perineum massages. Oh. So my doctor would tell me to get some oil. And basically, you just go inside your vagina and you do these like massages to like help stretch the to skin a little bit. To yourself or your husband? To yourself. Okay. <laughs> to yourself. I mean, he can do it too. It's not going to feel great because you're literally like nine months pregnant. You're like, this is the furthest place I want you right now. Whoa. But you do these massages. And so that helps you not to tear. Because a friend of mine, before I got pregnant, she has five kids and she tore from like hole to hole basically mm, that's so painful. and I was like huh and you don't want that because you have to get it double stitched like all the way up so that's something that you know oh. so little things like that were very helpful to like, is there do. like a book that has it like all the real stuff I'm sure there are, but all it's going to do is freak you out. You know, I mean, ask personal experiences. You know enough women, you know enough mothers, you know, who I think can tell you like the real in a very gentle way 
um, and actual tips. You know what's interesting that you say that is when I, because I posted my egg freezing online, like on Instagram, uh-huh. and I went to a great clinic. They're rated one of the best in the country for egg freezing as a specialty. Yeah. And they were lovely, but the women that DM'd me that had been through either egg freezing or um, IVF mm-hmm. sent me the best tips that the clinic did not share with me. Like really? ice yourself, make sure. I mean, this is like a lot of information, but like towards the end, they're like, you have to start taking um, laxatives because oh, the yeah. pain really comes if you don't have a bowel movement. And like the clinic didn't tell me okay, any so of that. How long is the How long is the process of egg freezing? Um, it's about 10 to 14 days and then you have the retrieval because everybody's different. So 10 to 14 days basically at home. Yeah. So what are you doing? You're doing shots at home. Yep. Every day mm-hmm. on your own yeah. to yourself. Yeah. They're not bad. The okay. needles are small. Okay. They barely hurt. Okay. The women in my DMs told me to ice my stomach, which was an amazing yeah, tip. Yeah, to numb it. And yeah. Yeah. And it, it was not bad. The hormones didn't really do much to me except for make my skin look nice, which I was okay with. Hey, I'm not <laughs> mad at that. Yeah. Like I almost was kind of like happy. They yeah. made me like a little high. Really? They did. Okay, good. So yeah. you had a good experience. I did. And I then was, the I egg retrieval, really was that scary or like what, how was that? Was that painful? It wasn't, but I was really a little nervous because I'd never been put under before. Right. They like fully put you under anesthesia mm. and you're really just, maybe this is what happens in birth, but you're just kind of like praying, like, I hope my body works for me. Yeah. And you have no control over it. Because how would your body not work for you in that situation though? That's interesting you say that. Well, there's so many things that happen. Like, like what? One is um, the the eggs don't grow at like the rate that you're wanting. Oh. Another is you don't get enough eggs, mm. um, and then maybe you have to do the process again. Or and like, they even don't a third know time. this until you're under, no. and they're already in there. They do ultrasounds about every other day, and they can kind of see like, okay, you have 14 eggs that are maturing, but until they're in there, they can't really see. Um, like truly how many matured properly. And then you don't find out until the next day how many you got. So like I had 15 that they retrieved, uh-huh. but it turned into 12 the next day because wow. those were the mature ones. Wow. Okay. So you have 12 chances of motherhood. Yeah. How many kids do you want in total? Um, I would love two or three. Okay. If possible. Okay. okay. Um, but the, my doctors were telling me, which is interesting, like the goal with egg freezing is that hopefully you can have your first or maybe even your second naturally. Oh. And the eggs are for like, once you start to hit like 40, 45, right. then you probably use your eggs Tap into for it. IVF. So there's no expiration date to your eggs. Mm-mm. That's so wild, right? I know. Wow. What what about that is tripping you out? <laughs> I don't know. I guess because within our bodies, you well, I mean, maybe it's not our eggs that, that mature. Maybe it's menopause. Maybe it's things like that, I guess, that go, you know, you know that, that stop us from having or being able to carry a child. But I just feel like, I don't know, over time, our eggs would, I don't know, would not be expire. as, yeah, they not be as, Turkey? I yeah. I mean, the only thing that you have to do is pay for extra years of storage. Is it expensive? But it's expensive. It's an the expensive endeavor. Yeah. You know, yes and no, because some states cover it. 
with mm. insurance. Like in Illinois, um, which where is where I did it, right. they cover a lot of it oh, with great. insurance. So it depends. Also, sometimes people's employers cover a lot of it. Yeah, um, that's true. Nowadays, but if it's out of pocket, yeah, it then it can be expensive. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Danielle, I can't wait to see what this next chapter looks like. Okay. I do want to introduce one thing though, before, you know, for this next part of this interview. Okay. You created what I think is genius, to be honest with you. I really do. I really do. You created a card game. And I think for someone who literally asks questions all day long, is a Mm -hmm. journalist by trade, TV host, I mean, this seems like you would know all the right questions to ask. Well, thank you. I feel like you have great questions because I listen to the pod. Um, But questions are my love language. Yes. Um, I feel like this is going to sound corny, but to me, questions are an invitation. Like you are saying, I would rather be here with you than anybody else listening to what you have to say right now. Wow. That's and pretty strong. Y'all, she's looking in my eyes while she's saying this, too. It's true. She's, like, like, looking at me dead in my soul while she's saying this. Well, because it's such a gift to be asked great questions. Like, you yeah. did that for me today because you're, you, you're starting – you made me think about things in a way that I hadn't had I just been, like, thinking about this in the car by myself. Right, right, you know? right. And so, to me, questions are just, like – the they're a gift and so I wanted to gamify it because by the time you get home for the day like I actually see parents do this all the time it's Mm -hmm. like what'd you do at school how was it and we could really be asking much better questions Mm. and be like I think sharing way more with our children I love that um and who has time to think about that you know like you're doing a million other things so so if you have a deck of cards it's so easy to just pull one out at dinner every night I love it so this is for all age groups yeah I think it is I mean some of these questions will be like a little deep for young kids Mm -hmm. um this is more about connection like if you have a partner Mm. or a girls night is really fun I like that um because I think sometimes we forget to ask like the people closest to us the big questions I see that I can see more like hey how was your day yeah surface yeah surface okay let's play let's play some let's do it let's roll in some questions and see what we got okay this is question everything yes it's so cute I love this oh okay gold girl I see you (laughs) okay so is a game just pick the one off the top yeah or take them out shuffle whatever you like okay you know I'm a great shuffler yeah how do you want to play do you want to pick one and we both answer or I pick one and then you pick one um let's pick one we both answer okay I like it Okay. I also came with a few questions for you. Oh, you did? Wait, more than what you've asked me? I will yeah, say. Yeah, because they're not in the deck. Danielle, I will say that you I, you have asked me more questions on my podcast <laughs> than I've ever let anyone ask me on my podcast. But Thank I'm you. so fascinated that this process and like to have you on, I think it's such, so great. Okay, so I'm Thanks. just going to pick one Okay, off the top. What? Which historical event? would you like to witness? Mm. Is it just like top of mind? Yeah. Anything that you think. Um, mm. That's a hard one. It's really hard. Especially because like we could Google and really find something. I mean, because I have something that I want to say, but I want to witness it, but I don't want to be there during that time. Mm. What were you thinking? MLK. The I have a dream speech. Like I would have loved to see it firsthand and like actually watch him do it, but I don't want to be there. I know. Because I think some shit went down that day. I just don't want to be a part. I don't want to be there. Like I'm glad I'm in this time 
And like, you know what I mean? What our grandparents had to go through? No, 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 no. I give so much love and respect to all of my ancestors. But that's the first thing that popped to mind. That's really well said. Um, I actually, that's always my answer too. Get out. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I, I think um, civil rights in our country were, was, it was probably the most profound mm-hmm. time era to, to be alive. I think I would have liked to like go back and have been part of, you know, the solution instead of yeah. just like sitting there. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of um, informed mm-hmm. our entire present. Well, existence. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It informed our future. Yeah. Okay. Another one? Yeah. Hopefully okay. this one's a little more fun. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> um, what parts of yourself do you feel most proud of? Mm. I'll let you answer first. most proud of I think I feel proud that I'm kind to people when it's inconvenient to me Ooh, and so sometimes I think people think like I maybe don't have a backbone or something mm. but it's not that I just really extend a lot of grace mm, I like that I like yeah. that a lot and I can agree with that I think you, you are very graceful Thanks. What parts of yourself do you feel most proud of? That's a hard one because I'm pretty proud of a you lot. Are? Well, you know, I think That's I've learned so to be. It's a hard one, I think, to pinpoint. I'm proud of. I'm proud of finally being able to stand and own my power, and being okay with that, no matter what room I walk into. And I think that's a hard thing to do. And I'm lear- I've learned that there can only be one me. You really give that when you walk into a room. But in a gracious way. Like, oh, like I really try my hardest to like be as relatable as possible, as gracious as possible. But I think it's just like, you know, I think we all come to a place, especially as women, where it's like, you know what? Why not? Like unapologetically me. What was the switch? Motherhood. I'd always had it. I'd always been unapologetically me. I've always had that within me. My mom raised me that way. But I think as a young woman, obviously, as a young woman, obviously you have different like, you know, insecurities or different this or that. I think by the time I hit motherhood and another little girl was looking up at me as a role model, I was like, oh, no, we're doing this right. Like, no, you won't look to me and see nothing but you know, confidence and humility and all the things. So, and I tell her the same thing. You walk into a room, there's only one you. Everyone else is taken. They all taken. Mm -hmm. So just be you. Yeah. Was there anything that you felt like you really needed to heal so you didn't pass it on to her? Um, I tell her this all the time. I didn't grow up with a father. Mm. You already have the most lucky you know, blessed life that you, you, you wouldn't even begin to imagine. You don't know what lack is. So live in that. Live in that feeling of not knowing what lack feels like because I grew up knowing what lack felt like. Mm-hmm. And although I don't think I conceptualized it as a kid because my mom was everything, as now an adult um, growing up that way, it puts, you, it puts a different edge on you. You know, and so I had to, I think, heal that and say, hey, like every adult makes mistakes, whether your parents or not. And every adult makes choices. And now as a now as a parent, I realize how many choices I make on a day to day. And I don't have any ill will towards anybody. 
not even my own parents. This is super deep, but do you see that lack or that um, like piece of not having a dad growing up mm -hmm. come out at all now? Um, no. That's amazing. I don't. I don't. I see. Um, it's I not. I'll rephrase this question for you. I don't see not having a dad come out. I see having a single mom come out. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So I see all the strong qualities in what she possessed in me, not the qualities that lacked for the little girl who didn't have that. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Right. I got you. <laughs> all right. That, um, I don't know, you want to do a couple more or do you have any other, I have, do you I have, have any more break, breaking questions? I have some, first of all, the deck is full of fun ones this, too. I this, don't want to scare here, everybody. I know. I feel like I need to find but a I really will. fun one. Oh, what's the best thing you've ever quit? <laughs> I like that. Best thing I ever quit was people pleasing. <gasps> Ooh. No longer. Good. Yeah. I like that. The best thing I ever quit. That's a hard one. I quit piano, but that was sad. Yeah, right. that does. Well, no, that's a good thing. I mean, if you listen, you can't. <laughs> I think I would say so. I was going to say something similar, like trombone. Mm. Like, psh, I don't really me. see you Took in the trombone. Took too much breath. I was like, whoa, what's all this breath that it's taking? I don't, I don't have it. I don't have it. I <laughs> love, love it. it. Okay, Danielle's going to roll uh, off some questions for I me. Am. I am. Let's see. Okay, I have them in my notepad. This is the journalist in her. She has them literally characterized under art, categorized under my name, Lizzie, in I her do. notes. So, do your notepads hold? Does it hold all your gems? Yes, it does. And like... she had this before I even told her guys that we. Were, I was gonna have her ask me some questions. She literally walked into this. How prepared is she? I'm sorry. I love this. Wait, that was the wrong note. That's the wrong Lizzie note. There's multiple Lizzie notes in there. No, there are clearly. Okay. Once someone loses your trust, can they get it back? First of all, I'm afraid because you had these ready. But okay, go ahead. When someone loses your trust, can they get it back? Yeah. No. Ever? I wouldn't say ever, but it's going to be very hard. I'm a Leo. Yeah. I, I, I go in you hard. I'm very loyal. So if you, if you mess with the trust thing, it's not happening. We might as well just end that right there. That relationship, friendship, we good. Yeah. We good. Yeah. It's, I get what you're saying. Trust is a hard thing for me. Do you think that dreams have deeper meanings? Yes, always. You I look do. them up all the time. Yeah. What quality do all of your friends have in common? What quality do all of my friends have in common? Um, all of them are down to earth. I like that. What's the most unusual or exotic food you've ever tried? Alligator, maybe. In Florida? No, in Detroit. We used to have a fish bones. What? Fried alligator. That's yeah. really a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> I tried it in the Keys. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did your parents or what did your mom almost name you? Um, um, Pilar. And what? why? My dad. My dad was just obsessed with Pilar. And my mom was like, no, we're going to go with Elizabeth. That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that says so much about people. Like I was almost named Barry, B A R I. Thank God I no wasn't. No way. Yeah, no offense if there's any Barry. I know there. a Barry. 
Um, I <laughs> we can delete that part. But yeah, uh, I just think like it says so much. Yeah, about, it does. Yeah. No, it really does. I mean, it's, it, well, it says more about your parents than I think it says about you. Yeah, but, but I hear great stories about people's like ancestors and family names, and it's mm-hmm. like I'm always so interested in culture. Yes, me too. We mm-hmm. should have a deeper conversation about that. All yeah. right, but if you want to see more of this conversation, I am going to be on your podcast at the end of this month, mm-hmm. and so I can't wait for that. Pretty smart. Um, I can't wait till you call me pretty smart and you tell me all the things of why I'm pretty smart. I Woo, can't wait for We that. can start the podcast that's gonna with be, that. That's going to be Pretty great. bold, pretty way. I'll come up with all my adjectives. Yeah, I can't wait to hear them. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see. <laughs> and I'm interested for all of your questions. But honestly, mm-hmm. this was a fun podcast. It was a departure from what we normally do. I cannot thank you enough. Your energy is so bright. Your light is so strong. And I just, I think the world of you, even in the, in the few times that we've met, this has been great. I can't wait to deepen our relationship as well I am so grateful you said that because I see all of that in you and so thank you um and me too yeah I think we're gonna be friends I think so (laughs) I can't wait to give all the mom advice I'm gonna need it (laughs) all right Danielle thank you thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with Danielle Robay we hope you enjoyed this conversation and have some nuggets to share with all your not yet a mama girlfriends Make sure to tune in and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And stay tuned for more exciting episodes coming your way soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.